The word of God for our meditation today is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the seventh chapter, beginning with verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. When I was a young pastor, I had a woman sitting in my office one day that I had called on, and um, I hadn't really gotten to know her yet because she was what pastors call a delinquent member, someone that was on our church roster but really didn't come to church much at all. In fact, I'm not sure I'd even met her yet. And um, finally, I got a phone conversation with her and asked her to come in so we could talk a little bit. And she sat down and she said, I know you want to talk to me about going to church. And I know I should go to church, but I just can't. She said, I just, I have had such a horrible life. I have lived such a horrible life that I just can't sit in the church with all those good people. And she went on to explain that she had lived a life with, that involved prostitution, drug dealing, a lot of other sins and things that she had lived out in her life. And she kept saying, I just don't deserve to be sitting in church with all of those good people. Kind of reminded me of Paul's words in front of us, what a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And I went on to explain to her that all the people in that church, including myself, were just as sinful as she and we needed to be there to hear God's word and to hear about our Savior. There's a, a tension that exists inside of a believer's heart, and we can see that expressed in Paul's words here today. It's a, it's a tension between the faith that we have in Christ as our Savior and this love for God and wanting to follow God's commandments, and yet there's this rebellious side of us that, that wants to disobey what God says and push that away and sometimes doubt what God's word says to us. And these two things are, are raging against each other. St. Paul is describing that. In fact, it's interesting, the words that he uses here, which are translated waging war, the Greek word, it comes from one Greek word that I'm going to read it to you in the Greek so you can actually hear the word that's in it. Antistratuomai. Antistratuomai. It's, it's a word in war to be uh, an anti-strategy, to, to have a plan of action that tries to, to be contrary to what the, the typical plan would be. And so whenever this, whenever this tension uh, increases inside of the mind and heart of a Christian, it can often cause Christians to really question themselves, to question whether they really are Christians, whether they really are believers. I remember even as a child having thoughts uh, knowing how, how disobedient I could be to my parents and things, and sometimes wondering, I wonder if I really am a Christian. 
There's a uh, doctor of psychology used to teach out at Stanford by the name of Dr. James Dobson. He's probably retired by now. But Dr. Dobson, years ago, I remember listening to him on a radio broadcast. And he was talking about the sin of lust in young men and how challenging this is for a lot of young Christian men. And he said, it's by far and away the number one temptation that has caused young men to fall away from the Christian faith. The challenge and difficulty of wrestling with that temptation just overwhelms people. They start to hate themselves. They start to just have a self-loathing that, that causes them to feel like, I can't possibly be a Christian. Now this struggle that, that we sense and feel inside of us at times, this struggle is not unusual to our generation. It's been this way for Christians of all time, all the way back to the fall into sin. We think about how many of the believers that are mentioned in Scripture where God the Holy Spirit makes sure to include some of their struggles with sin. Abraham, Lot, David, Peter. Sometimes just within a few verses of describing something they did out of faith that was fantastic toward God, something that really expressed a strong faith and a love for God, and then just in the next chapter, sometimes less than a chapter away, sometimes falling into a deep, horrible, awful sin. I mean, Lot is spared of, of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah because of his faith, and just verses later is having incestuous sex with his daughters while he's drunk. The Holy Spirit includes these stories in Scripture for us to learn from. Back in the third century, there was a pastor by the name of Cyprian in North Africa, and this is what he writes at his day and age. There is a struggle and a daily contest between the flesh and the spirit, that means our faith, so that we do not do the things we want to do. Since the spirit seeks heavenly and divine things, but the flesh lusts after earthly and worldly things. Now here's the strange thing, this tension that can be sensed inside of us, this internal strife, is actually a vital sign of faith. You know, if a building collapsed and you were one of the rescuers who tried to go in to find people, if you heard somebody crying in pain, that's an indication that they're alive. It's actually a healthy sign even though they're in pain. Those who are dead make no noise. And that's how it is inside of the Christian. When the Christian is struggling with his or her guilt and sinfulness before God and is well aware of that and seeking God's forgiveness, when that pain of, our, of being aware of our sin is inside of us, it's a healthy sign. It doesn't mean that the sin is good. No, of course not. But the fact that it troubles us and bothers our conscience, that's actually a very healthy sign. In fact, the opposite is true. The danger sign that you've lost your faith is when your sin doesn't bother you anymore. When you can just go off and do things that you know God would say is wrong and you could care less. That's, that's the danger sign. That's when the red flags should go up, when we no longer have any sensitivity to the evil that's inside of us. I had a friend in high school that, that used to, he started smoking his junior year in high school and he used to put out cigarettes on his hand and he started to get a callus there because he burned away the, the nerve endings and no longer had sensitivity. That's, that's what can happen to the conscience. St. Peter talks about that people's consciences have been seared as with a hot iron 
when they lose sensitivity to things that we're doing in our lives that may be wrong, that we know God clearly would not want, when that doesn't bother you anymore, that's when you got to watch out. That's when your faith is dying. The fact that our sins trouble us, St. Paul is saying, that's a sign and an indication of faith being alive. Listen to what Dr. Walther said. If a Christian allows sin to rule him, that means to take over your life so you don't even care about it anymore, this is a sure sign that he is not a Christian but a hypocrite, no matter how pious he pretends to be. So that woman sitting in my office that said, I don't deserve to be sitting with all of God's, all these good people in God's house. You know, she was right. She actually was right. And neither do I, and neither do you. None of us do. But it's all by grace. It's all by God's undeserved love because of what his son, Jesus Christ, has done for us. That's why we have a forgiving and loving God. That's why our getting to heaven, our salvation, is entirely by his doing for us through Christ and not based upon us. You are never too sick to be in a hospital. You can never be too sinful to be in God's spiritual hospital here in his church. There will always be healing for you at the foot of Christ. And so in scripture, God makes it so clear to us that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. That Holy Spirit made sure to include the sins of all those great patriarchs so that we would remember that just like them, we're all saved purely by the grace of God. It's not because of anything good in us. My grandfather on my mother's side was a pastor, and when he was a young pastor, he had to minister to a man who was dying of cancer. And in one of his sermons, he writes about this exchange that he had with this man before the man died. And apparently this man was really troubled about whether or not he was going to go to heaven because some of his friends who went to a different church told him that his life had not been good enough. He hadn't lived out the Christian life of sanctification well enough. And because of that, he was now very afraid about dying. And my grandfather said he pulled out one Bible passage that put it all to rest for this man. It's a passage Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and this is what it says. Christ has become for us our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Christ has, has even become your sanctification that you and I can't do very well as Christians in this life. Won't it be wonderful someday to live in heaven because of Christ and not have to have this tension of being troubled by our sins anymore? Won't it be wonderful to know yourself without any evil in you, without any bad thoughts or any bad passionate feelings in you and things? It's going to be so wonderful to be free from all of that someday in heaven. But right now in this life, live under this statement of God's grace. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Stay there. Amen. Please rise. And we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you don't hate anything that you have made, and you forgive the sins of all those who are sorry for their sins. 
Create and make in us new and contrite hearts so that we, lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness before you, may obtain from you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in his peace. Amen. <laughs>